Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show, sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right hey i'd like to welcome you back to a thursday night edition to the rowdy maglite show i'm i'm actually on a remote headed to darlington getting ready for the uh this weekend's race on Mother's Day, I got Kyle Magnum, the way we're going to roll tonight. We got Stephanie Moyer calling in. Stephanie's no stranger to the show, Kyle. She's been on several times. She's going to talk about this weekend down at uh, Nashville. Now that I'm down, I, usually, Kyle, from my home, I'm, it's up from my house. But now I'm looking down almost in Darlington. I'm in Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, Kyle is... Uh, We've also got Adam Mackey calling in at 7.30. He's going to tell us all about the Arc of Menard series showing up at the uh, famous nostalgic Fairgrounds Speedway of Nashville. Hey, Rowdy. Good to be on the show tonight. Um, Stephanie just ran a Dover last week in the Arc of East series, so uh, we have to ask her about that, and she gets ready for Nashville this weekend, and uh, glad to see that she's getting more races with fast track racing. Well, I, I think this is her second time, Kyle. Well, she, she'll be able to tell us that she'll be repeating back at Nashville. And, you know, there's nothing like at least having a couple of races under your belt before you go to Nashville. Yeah, Rowdy, uh, 17 cars on the entry list for the 200-lap race. And uh, I know we just had Jake Finch on Monday night. He'll be there. And, uh we're looking forward to it, Rowdy. I know you'll be at Darlington, and then uh, you'll uh, I'll be I'll be watching from afar this weekend. Well, Kyle, uh, just touch a little bit about Darlington. Uh, I get to go back to Darlington. My first Darlington race was 2014. It was my son's senior year. Is the reason I remember what year it was, uh, Kyle. And I was working up near Darlington. And actually, 32 miles in Bennettsville, and got to meet Harold Brazerton Jr., whose dad built Darlington, and got to see some really nostalgic stuff that his dad had. Uh, he gave me some pretty cool pictures and a few other little things that he wanted me to have. Cause uh, kind of hung out with him for over a year, Kyle. We went, rented some property from him to store equipment while we were doing a 16-month job there. So uh, just to go back, he's done, gone on to the to the big happy hunting ground, but uh, just to know that I had been there, met Jim, Jim Hunter there. But, uh, Kyle, as we go back this time, I met Curtis, the track president at the uh, Nash, in Nashville at the NASCAR banquet, and him and his wife, Debbie, and looking forward to seeing them tomorrow and uh, – Talk about some of the old times, good old times. And, and Kyle, the best thing, man, imagine what Sunday's going to be like with that new car of tomorrow. It's been hot, and it's been a fast little hot rod. Yeah, Rowdy, Kerry Tharp is always a great. <laughs> 
guy to have, you know, I want to say thank you to him for helping us out. And, uh, you know, formerly NASCAR, now the president of Darlington is pretty neat. It is, Kyle. Uh, you know, uh, we touched on it. Terry kind of touched on it Monday night about the, the lug nuts and not him not really being aware of it. But it has been a big subject. And, uh, Kyle, I'm kind of looking forward to getting back and, uh, you know, we, t- we touched on it a little bit the other night. The championship could be could be won on them lug nuts. Yeah, Rowdy. Uh, Denny Hamlin was leading the race and uh, had a lug nut come off. Same thing happened to Sam Mayer in the Xfinity race. And uh, just crazy how that happened, you know, both of them losing their crew chiefs and their tire changers for four weeks. And now uh, they have to deal with the consequences. Yeah. Well... Kyle, you know that I know they practice, practiced, and practiced, but uh, I think there's just some little something that everybody's not getting. But you know what? The racing has made up for it. They touch base about it. This too was the composite body, Kyle. You know, some of the drivers they like the composite body, Kyle, because it's a little bit more durable and flexible than the the old metal car. And, and, you know, they're thinking that they're not cutting down as many tires like we talked about. And it's going to play a big part in this weekend, Kyle, because these guys, I think, gonna, like Kyle Larson, is going to lay up and rub that wall at Darlington a little bit. Rowdy, it's a really tough pit road, both Dover and Darlington, very tricky entrances to get into. And I don't know if we'll see any fight pit stops or not, but uh, I know that Dover race, I heard a lot of good, good stuff from the cup series and uh three races down in the books we got all three series at darlington and you're going to be there to, to cover all of it right yeah, i'm telling you uh the temperature tomorrow kyle luckily it's going to be a night race but the day temperature is going to be a high 91 so that's going to be carrying in some heat on that track and it's going to be track's going to be changing all the way during the race kyle that's going to be a pretty if you if you don't think it, just watch that truck race. It's going to be interesting, Kyle, because that track's going to be slowly cooling down. Because the next day, it goes from 91. We go into the into the uh, around the high 70s and like the low 70s on Sunday. Rowdy, I think with uh, with the hot weather, it's going to be a slick racetrack on Friday, and then. Uh... Got the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series, so I know the trucks will be running at night. But uh, I think once it rubbers up, I think it's definitely going to make for an interesting race come Saturday and Sunday. Well, we'll see if that Dar. I- I'm thinking that Darlington Stripe's going to kind of stretch a little farther than just uh, Turn Two, and I, I, you know, I think that Stripe's going to be kind of a good thing for some guys. And I- Richard Petty was one used to love to run the high high side, and he said it wasn't, the lick wasn't as bad if you was up near the wall than it was if you was in the, on the bottom going up. And we've seen that scenario, Kyle, play out at Homestead in the Xfinity race, and, and the cup guys and the truck guys never touched that wall because of the steel body. Once they put that composite on on the Xfinity cars, they went up there and striped the whole wall all the way around it. They had to repaint that wall for 
Sunday's right. Rowdy, it'll be a good one, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing all three series there for the Darlington Throwback Weekend. And uh, I know we got those two guests on. We have two guests on tonight. You know, we got Stephanie coming on at seven ten here soon, and then we got Adam Mackey at seven thirty Eastern. So, uh, really looking forward to tonight's show, and uh, I'm glad to be a part of it. Kyle, appreciate you being able to call in. Sometimes it's hard to be able to call in, and you know, like I we were talking earlier, I'm. I'm actually sitting in a parking lot at Dollar Tree across from Walgreens and Food Line that sponsors NASCAR at Bristol and went in and bought a few things from them. And, guys, listen, if you see this stuff on the side of the cars, spend some money with them because they're spending some money in the sport that we love. Take somebody Brown, racing. The There's person. another Rowdy, it's not the first time that you and I have been both on remote, so this is nothing new for us. Well, we're getting, we're getting better at it, Kyle. It's just running the little tiny screen with big fat fingers is kind of a problem, but we've maneuvered. I've maneuvered through that. So we're waiting on Stephanie to call Rowdy, in. We, we made it work a few weeks ago. Um, I just wanted to say quick, we made it work with Brad Doty a few weeks ago when I was at Bloomsburg and you were out too. So, um, yeah, we have Stephanie calling in at 710, and uh, we're looking forward to her coming on. We, have, we haven't had her on in a little while, right, Rowdy? Uh, no, we haven't, Kyle. I think it was uh, right before she ran New Smyrna, and uh, I'd like to bring her on. Everybody, I'd like to welcome back to the Rowdy Maglot Show drive, driver for Fast Track Racing, Stephanie Moyer. Welcome back, Stephanie. Hey, thanks for having me back. Well, Stephanie, so you're headed to Nashville. Is this your second race at Nashville? You got some seat time at Nashville. Absolutely. It is my second time around, and hopefully this time around will be a little bit easier for me. Well, Stephanie, I don't know if I've asked you this, but it never fails. I have to ask, how do you take that little bump over there in turn two coming out of it? (laughs) <laughs> it's funny how you mentioned that because we've been on iRacing, uh, me, my dad, and my fiance and my spotter. We've all been running for the last three days. And it, that bump, let me tell you, on iRacing, it's, it's, like, completely different than on the track. On the track, you kind of, like, you get the handling of it. But on iRacing, I swear, I don't know if it's just me, but I always, I, it always lifts my, my butt end up and I spin all the time. Uh, we had Jake Finch on Monday, and Jake mentioned first time anybody's mentioned it on the show was there. There also was a little bit of a bump coming out of turn four. Yeah, yeah, there is. That one's not as bad as turn two, though. I do have to admit, turn four it's like a little easier to kind of handle, but like two, you really have to be on your toes to catch it in time. So, Stephanie, what's it like running some of these? really cool tracks that you know that people, you know, like Daryl Waltrip, uh, Richard Petty, uh, Dale Earnhardt, and those guys run on. I think it's really cool because, like, when you when you go back in, like, in time and you watch their videos and watch the way they ran versus with the new equipment nowadays and, like, trying to get a perspective on to bring what they do to our turf 
with what we got. It's it's very interesting to see. And I think it's really cool because it's just like all these names coming from this track or who's been here. And it's just like, hey, I've, I was there too. So it's really cool to kind of be a mesh with them at the same time. Hey, uh, Stephanie, one more thing before Kyle's up here. Um, with Nashville, you know, I was at the banquet. You know, we almost lost the fairgrounds. Uh, and if it wasn't have been from a lot of, of NASCAR drivers, I mean, most of the drivers actually stood up and said, hey, you know, we need to save this track. I mean, what do you think, how do you think that uh, – Saving the, the fairgrounds and being part of racing there, what, what does it mean to you, Stephanie? I think it really means a lot because it's like when my hometown track shut down for the one year, it was it was heartbreaking because it was my home track. And being like the Nashville fairgrounds, that's their home track. All you know, everyone else around there, and it's just like it's really sad to see these trucks go under and I'm just glad they brought it back to life because I mean, it's such a fun place to go to and I, you know, I'm blessed to be able to have the chance to return. And, but like, it's just like hits that one spot, that one little spot in you. And it's just, it, it kind of gets upsetting after a while. So like being from my perspective and like going through what I went like with everyone in my hometown with their truck shutting down and, bringing it back to life, I understand, like, what the National Fairgrounds has done, and I'm sure everyone else is very, very pleased to have it back, so I'm glad it's still going. Hi, Steph. Stephanie, you have Kyle here. My first question for you is, um, can you talk a little bit about how Dover went? Um, I know I think that was your second time there. Um, how did it go for you, and uh, what, what did you learn? Hey, Kyle. So, Dover, it was actually my first time. I, I wasn't there last year. I couldn't make it. But it is such a fun track. Dover is like a bigger Bristol to me. And I honestly, at first, I was a little skeptical going in because when you watch all the previous past races, it's just like when you wreck at Dover, you wreck at Dover. So, I was more nervous, not for me, like, wrecking, but for people in front of me because you're going so fast and you have to really be on your toes to catch it. If something happens in front of you, it's like a split second. So, I was a little nauseous going into this race. And then, I mean, granted, our car counts weren't that great. So, you know, not much was happening. But at the same time, though, it was kind of a little easier for me to adjust to being that I had so much room to work with uh, with my distance from everyone else. So I thought it was fun. Uh, we were, we were qual we qualified 12th and then we, we finished 12th actually at the end of that race. We had some transmission issues, but it was definitely really fun. We did have, we cut down a left front tire. So that was my first time ever cutting a tire down, not cutting down, but like to the, uh, to the cords so it was my first time being able to actually feel what that's like on a track I haven't gotten that far yet so I kind of learned a lot with just that and as well as you know just getting new experience on track and I really like it and I hope to be back next year my second question for you is uh can you talk a little bit about Pocono I know Pocono will be coming up here shortly yeah so Pocono is definitely in the books for uh for me and fast track um I'm going to be Super excited to return back to my home track. And, like, last year, it definitely changed my mind a little bit. I wasn't so 
like I like same thing with Delver. I was a little nauseous going into a tricky triangle. So I mean, um, it's definitely going to be a fun race for me. I can't wait to be back, and you know, I just can't wait to see everyone come out and watch us at Pocono. Hey, uh, Stephanie, let's talk about the people back at the shop that helps you get to the track each week. Yeah, so I, I do want to I want to thank Fast Track team. Um, they're really working really hard this year. And being that we are sitting fifth in points right now in final points, so hopefully, you know, we can make history and by the end of the season have that first female to make to finish fifth in the overall points, so that's what we're going to So I really do want to give a huge shout-out to the Fast Track crew. Everyone's just working their butts off to get this year through, and I want to thank Jason Makarevich, as usual, the Evergreen Raceway, being on the hood. I'm super grateful for him. He's been helping a lot. He was just at Dover, and he had a ball, so he is definitely one for the tracks. Um, I do want to thank Council Cup Campground, and I do want to also thank the Powered by Fans. That was huge to really go on we did it twice so far so everyone that's on on my car i want to thank everyone for that but um i also want to thank the highland social club for being a part of this and uh bush bush for being a part of this as well and i just you know hope for this season to go great and if we can bring any more on that'd be awesome so stephanie let me understand it It if you finish fifth, that will be the highest female in points at Arkansas Series? Uh, for the East Series. Okay, for the East Series. Okay. Hey, look, mm-hmm. it goes in the record book. That's what counts, Stephanie. Oh, absolutely. We're trying We're trying for history here. <laughs> well, Stephanie, you know, you got good equipment. It looks good. You took care of it. That's the biggest thing, you know. You, you get good equipment, you take care of it, and sooner or later you get in victory lane with that stuff, Stephanie. Oh, so tell everybody where I they mean, can like follow you. Go ahead, Stephanie. Oh. oh, no, I was just saying that that's that's the biggest thing for me right now is because just trying to keep everything clean, you know, just finish each race and gain as much knowledge. You know, we're not out there. Obviously, we want to be out there for the win, but at the same time, I, I like to take care of my equipment and – be able to finish a race so but i do want to uh, let everyone know that y'all can follow me on all social medias i'm on tiktok facebook uh twitter instagram i'm on it all you can find me at steph moyer and then on facebook you can get me at stephanie moyer racing stephanie always good to have you on looking forward to see where you finish this weekend thanks a lot Thank you for having me. It's always a blast to come back on, but I'll see you guys at the next one, I guess. So let's go. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And Kyle, as soon as Kyle gets home, he's going to get that cut for you, and we'll, I'll send it over to you later on be later on tonight, okay? Okay. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Stephanie. Stephanie Moore, your driver for Fast Track Racing. All right, guys, we're uh, waiting on Adam Mackey. He's going to be our next call-in guest. Uh, Adam's going to call in at 6 or 7.30 Eastern time. 
12.30 Central. I've got a little cut here I want to listen to for this weekend. I think it's... Uh, Back in out in the uh, Hall of Fame. about kind of reflecting um, certainly a lot of great experiences in your career. What were the things that, that have kind of come to mind the last days kind of thought about and kind of considered this what happened? I mean, honestly, just like a lot of a lot of random stuff. I went back to uh, Madison and Fountain where I did a lot of my racing. I was at Accept Visitor last weekend running late my race and saw a lot, of, a lot of people I used to race with, so I thought about a lot of, a lot of that kind of stuff, but um, just just a lot of little random stories, you know. So I've always said that, you know, there's there's never really one, you know, person or one one you know big break or one crew member or what have you. You know, it's a combination of of, of all of it. You know, and I always look at, you know, my racing career is, is like a ladder, and like every rung on that ladder is equally important. Without any of them, you would have never got to the top of that ladder. So, with that being said, you know, it's hard to really you know, list off a certain opportunity or a certain person, um, you know, without including you know, the, the, the several hundred of all of them, really. So, um, but yeah, I certainly thought back a lot of different uh, different moments. I guess mostly just uh, kind of remember the first time I went to the racetrack, um, working on my dad's race car when I was 13. And the first time I ever drove, I was 16. So I kind of remember going to the track with that old uh, 81 Camaro, uh, in Columbus, uh, Wisconsin, and then uh, crazy that it started there and uh, it, it ends going into the NASCAR Hall of Fame. So I guess that's probably what I thought of most. Hey, Matt, this is Bob Pockers from Fox Sports. I'm curious, you know, when they were building this uh, Hall of Fame in 2010, did you have any thoughts of, yeah, I've won a cup title, I'll probably end up or possibly will end up in there one day? I'd be totally honest, no, I never really thought of it much. I mean, especially in in, in 2010, you know, I still was, uh, you know, I still had, you know, a decade to race or or, or hoped I would or whatever or, or longer. So, you know, at the time, I never really looked forward to really anything like that, and I never really probably looked back at the time either, really enjoyed, you know, some of the wins or things you had up to that point. It was really always just the – you know, the next race, you know, what you know, what can I do better the next week? How can we, you know, get more competitive? How can we win the next race? How can we run for the next championship? Whatever it may be. So I think when you're, at least for me, when I was in the midst of it, I never really, really thought about anything um, like that, you know, when I was, when I was currently racing. Hey, Matt, this is Dustin Long again. Um, I'm curious, you know, some people talked about in the past that being young and being in the Hall of Fame is kind of a weird feeling because they kind of think of Hall of Famers as somebody who's a lot older, as somebody who's only 50 um, and just ran a Boston Marathon. The idea that you're in a Hall of Fame um, and still, I guess we'll say, relatively young, what is that like or how odd of a, of a feeling is that or if, is it at all? You know that was all really good. I was going to tell you, uh, thank you very much for saying I was I was young um, until at the very end, then you had to throw a relatively in, in front of the young. 
Um, but I, I do know what you mean. I would say if it wouldn't have been for going back and racing in in 2020 again, it would it would feel a little bit weird. Um, I think going back and uh, and running the the rest of the schedule that year and uh, not performing well and not having practice, just whatever. I guess we could come up with lots of excuses, but really, really didn't perform well. I feel like, you know, once that year was over, I was, you know, I was, I, I definitely knew that my professional driving career was behind me. So um, I, I can't say the same thing when we ended, you know, 2017 at Gibbs or, or even when I ended, you know, 2018, you know, running for Rawish, I, I still, you know, I got through 19 and, you know, there's still, you kind of have that feeling, you know, you'd, you'd watch races a little bit or you do whatever. And, you know, still in my head thought that I could go be a, a asset, you know, a, for a, for a race team and still win races and still try to contend for championships and still be, uh, still be competitive. So I, I guess it all got out of my system. You know, when I was done with 2020, I realized that, that, that it was over. Um, so with that being said, um, it's really not a weird feeling. I think if it would have been a couple of years ago, it, it'd be a little bit weird feeling because I'd be like, well, you guys are telling me I'm done and I don't feel like I'm done. So, um, so, so I don't know. It's not, it's not really a weird feeling for me. Just, I know I'm, I'm young compared to a lot of people that go in there. Um, but I do feel like my, my career is, is behind me. This is Bob Hockers again from Fox Sports. Does it add anything as to the specialness of it to be voted in on your first time on the ballot? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, w- I would say for sure. I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's an honor just to be on the list and, and to be in consideration at all. And then um, to make it, I think, is a, is a huge deal. And, and, and certainly to get in on the on the, on the first ballot, um, you know, it's definitely a, definitely a good feeling, yes. This is Pockers again. How does Matt Kenseth celebrate tonight being um, now that he's voted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame? Well, Katie just left with Caitlin to go to basketball practice, so I have my other three daughters here. So as soon as I get off this call, I'm going to go make them dinner. That's uh, first on the agenda. I think that is a perfect way to end this right now, Matt. Thank you so much for your time. And congratulations <laughs> again. And uh, we'll be speaking with you right, again no in the problem. near future. All right. appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Hi there, one that was that was Matt Kenseth, Hall of Famer. Wow. While we're waiting on Adam Mackey, uh, kind of what we got going on this weekend. We got, uh, of course, we got Adam Mackey going to tell us about the Fairgrounds Speedway and Nashville's race with the Arkham Menard Series, but. I'm headed right now to Darlington for Friday night, which is tomorrow night at 7.30. It'll be uh, the NASCAR Truck Series. Hey, <laughs> it should be a barn burner, folks. Pay attention to that one. Then Saturday, we got uh, 1.30, we got the Xfinity race. And these Xfinity races have been really some more race. Got Noah Gregson, won his third goodies for dash dash for cash and uh he's, a, he's on a roll that's three hundred thousand dollars and then sunday at three thirty, we got the uh cups 
NASCAR Cup Series. All three series there this weekend makes for a great, great racing weekend. I mean, a great racing weekend. So we're just kind of hanging around waiting on Adam Mackey to call in. Tell you, Darlington, never been there. It is a really unique track built in 1959, shaped like an egg to dodge the Minna Pond, and I've actually met the, the nephews, no, the great-grandsons, to the old gentleman that owned the Minna Pond a few years back for a specific plywood company that, that uh, manufactures that plywood there somewhere around in Lawrence, North, South Carolina. But still tickets left. If you're at the track, stop by and look me up. I'll be somewhere. <laughs> Infield, outfield. I'm going to be there probably about 9.30 in the morning and won't let up till uh, race starts 3.30 on Sunday. It'll be over. And I'll be headed back home about 8 o'clock p.m. for a long weekend, folks. And Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. NASCAR's hit. NASCAR hits on Valentine's Mother's Day. Easter, and it's been hard to hard hard to handle. But I got our next caller calling in, and he he's like he's part of the show. I'd like to welcome Adam Mackey with Track Enterprises. Welcome, Adam. Hey, good to be here, guys. And Adam, you got a big one again this weekend up there in Nashville at Music City 200 with the Arca Menards E Series. Yeah, and not only the Arca Menards Series East, but when it comes to super late model racing, this is one of the biggest super late model shows of the year. We've got an outstanding field of over 30 cars entered for the North South Challenge presented by Keen Parts, a 100 lap super late model race featuring the CRA Super Series and the Southern Super Series, and this is the, like, sixth, seventh year in a row we've done that show. Seventh or eighth. Actually, it's the eighth. And, um, you know, it's turned out to be a great show year in and year out. The first year, I think, it was just a Southern Super Series show. But it's been a CRA-Southern Super Series combination for the last seven years. And uh, it, it's going to be a great show. A lot of big names entered for the Super Late Models. You know, the, the Arkham and Art Series East, I think a little better turnout than what we had a year ago. Seventeen cars currently entered for that show for the Music City 200, and then the Pro Late Models with the Jake CRA All-Stars Tour and the pros that run Nashville, over 40 cars, I think, are going to be on property to run this weekend. So what a show this coming Saturday night. Well, Kyle, uh, I, I talked to Kyle earlier about it, uh, Adam. I didn't want to downplay the ARCA Menard showing up E-Series, but, man, I'm telling you, that, that – uh, Super Series, they are loaded to the gills, and what a show that's going to be. Yeah, the Super Series with Bubba Pollard, Stephen Nassi, you know, right there is two great – Chandler Smith's going to be there. William Byron from the NASCAR Cup Series is going to be there racing. Uh, and the names go on and on. And you can see the full entry list, you know, on our Nashville Fairground Speedway website, or you can go to the CRA website and check out the entry list. And I know there's been a lot of publicity put out for the North-South Challenge 100 presented by Keen Parts this week uh, in the last couple weeks because it's such a good show. Um, 
the pros might be the show of the night. Who knows? A hundred lap race with, you know, over 40 cars expected. And then the, the Arkham and Art Series East, uh, you know, trying to, trying to turn that corner and go back up in car counts after struggling a little bit over the last couple of years. And I mean, 17 is, uh, you know, it's not quite a full field by any means, but it's going in the right direction. It's better than, you know, 10 or 11 or whatever. So keep that number going in the right direction. There's a handful of guys, you know, Mason Mangus is going to be racing this week at his home track at Nashville. Um, then of course, Sammy Smith, the point leader and last year's champion, and then Taylor Gray is going to be competing. So there's going to be some uh, good challengers. Uh, Jake Finch is coming up from Florida to race in this one and uh, his third arc of start. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, uh, Adam, as you as nine him off, I'm shaking my head. Yeah. Yeah, I'm telling you, you named out some pretty good drivers right there. Mason, hey, Mason, don't take Mason light because he could end up with that it being his home track. Yeah, he very well could. You know, he finished, I think, third there a year ago, if I'm not mistaken. So he's looking to pick it up a couple more spots, maybe put it into victory lane. So don't count him out. Obviously, Sammy Smith is the favorite coming into that one, and Taylor Gray's right there with him because – they pretty much finished first and second in most of the Arkham and Orange Series East races. But uh, Mason Mingus has the experience when it comes to Nashville Fairground Speedway, so don't count him out. Well, I tell you, Adam, y'all got the old girl all panged it up. The bathrooms are revitalized. Uh, It's really, if you want to take somebody and enjoy the nostalgia of the day, the Fairground Speedway has still got it, uh, Adam. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely does. And, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, the prospect of NASCAR coming there over the next couple of years and the wholesale renovations they would do and the millions and millions of dollars that would be put into it. And I'm like, we can put all that money into it. And really, this is still a beautiful facility. It's still an outstanding facility. I love the historic feel to it. Uh, They keep it in great shape despite it being as old as it is. And uh, every time you go there, you get that feel when you walk into that place. Like, man, you, you can just feel the excitement and the history of that place as soon as you step foot onto property. So, Adam, uh, talking, looking a little bit forward, you got DeCoin and Springfield. It's got to be a pretty good feeling to know that some of these young drivers that are coming up and racing dirt on dirt, uh, at Bristol in the Cup Series gives a lot of the thanks to being able to race on those two uh, iconic tracks. Yeah, no doubt. The uh, the history of DeCoin in Springfield, you know, Springfield, which is a couple weekends. DeCoin's on Labor Day weekend, and Springfield's always two weekends before that. And uh, just the great feel when you go in there and you get to watch the Arca cars on dirt. And it used to be really a special thing for so many years, and it still is a special thing. A little bit different now that NASCAR runs on dirt once in a while, um, you know, with the truck series racing a couple dirt races. and and of course, the Cup Series running a couple of dirt races now, uh, at least the one there at, uh, at Bristol, like you mentioned. But when you look at ARCA for years and years running at DeCoin and Springfield, it's just uh, a special stop on their schedule every year, and they put on a good show. Uh, and the National Tour, honestly, this year, you know, we're talking about ARCA and Art Series East this weekend, uh, but the, the National Tour has had some good races, good car counts so far this year, and I hope that continues throughout the season. Well, they've had some really great car counts. And and listen, Adam, East and West and the main series, those cars look 
almost identical to what races on in Xfinity and the Cub Series. I mean, and I and you know this as well as I know. I think ARCA was a, kind of the proving ground that you could race a composite body in stock car racing. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think uh, ARCA kind of was the, the proving ground, as you mentioned, and what it does. You know, obviously Bristol's a whole different animal than what, um, you know, Springfield or DeCoin are with all the banking that Bristol has and how fast they can get around that place. And, uh, you know, Springfield and DeCoin, they fly at those places because it's actually twice as big as what Bristol is. It's a mile long, both of those venues, compared to uh, Bristol, which is only a half mile. So, uh, so the speeds are actually probably a little bit higher at Springfield and DeCoin. Um, when it comes to straightaway speeds, because they just have such a longer straightaway compared to Bristol. Uh, Adam, is is uh, coin? Is that going to be another night race? It is. The coin, fortunately, again this year will be Saturday night. USAC Silver Crown Sunday night will be Arkham and Art Series, um, and they'll both be run during the night under the lights, which makes the racing so much better, makes Whoa, the track prep situation so much better because it's so hot there every year when we go there that weekend and nighttime feels much better. The atmosphere is way better. The racing seems faster. It just is way better under the lights. I tell you, the aviance of that at nighttime, I'd love to take, be able to take the grandkids and, and just be part of that and then walk out on the midway and all the smells and sights of the food in that midway, Adam. It, it's incredible down through there. It is. You know, my favorite one, you know, I like the Illinois State Fair Race at Springfield. But for us, it's it's a crazy weekend because we also do Lincoln on Friday night. We do Macon on uh, Saturday night. So it's a four-race and one-weekend deal because we've got the two races at Springfield as well. So it's excruciating for us as, you know, working the shows and promoting them. DeCoin is way more laid back. You go there, it's two nights of racing, and you don't have to get there at 5 o'clock in the morning. Um, and the atmosphere at DuCoin is so cool with a little pond that goes around the moat, basically, in the infield and the pagoda and just all of the cool things that DuCoin has. So uh, they're both great venues to get out and watch a race at. I've seen Chase Prisco catch a bass out of the pond and let, and let it go back, but he did catch a pretty nice bass out of that pond. Yeah. Uh, I know a number of drivers have taken the uh, the bass in the pond after a race as well. It used to be tradition where they would jump in the uh, in the pond at the coin after they won the race. It, there's a lot more algae and muck in that pond the last several years than what there used to be. So you don't see as many drivers go running for the pond as what we used to. Yeah, I, well, I understood that tradition, but I and, and I wondered why. But oh my gosh, Adam. Uh, where can they find out more information on this weekend coming up and, and track enterprises? Yeah, go, go to racing, or they can go to trackenterprises.com. We have pre-sale tickets available for a discount. I think it's $5 off if you order them in advance. Or you can get them at the gate on race day. is fine, too. And we do have some reserve seating available for this weekend's race as well. So if you want to pick out your seats to get the, the best seating toward the top, same cost, uh, you know, you get the discount if you do it ahead of time or you can do it at the gate on race day. Adam, it's always a pleasure to have you on. I just wanted to tell you the condolences from us and prayers for you and your family. And we appreciate you being part of the show, my friend. Absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. Uh-huh.
Adam Mackey with Track Enterprises. We got a couple more interviews here coming up. Uh, I'd like to thank Adam again for uh, calling in. <laughs> Man, what, a, what an employee. For He is a great, great person to have on your side working. Uh, first of all, we're going to play... Uh, Chris Busher, and this is kind of a, uh, you know, Chris Busher set on the pole. It is, uh, has Brad, you know, they kind of did good at the, the Twins. They brought in the Twins. They both were uh, Brad Nikowski and uh, Chase, or Chris uh, Busher, but uh, they've kind of been struggling a while, but things are looking better. We got Chris here. All right, joining us this morning on our Ford Zoom call with the media is driver of the number 17 Fastenal Ford Mustang, Chris Busher, coming off his first career pole at Dover and uh, an eighth place finish in Sunday's race. If you've got a question for Chris, raise your hand and we'll have Chris for the next 15, 20 minutes. Uh, Chris, thanks for joining us. We're going to get you started here with Rob Tiongson. Rob, go ahead and get started. Thanks, Dan, and thanks for joining us, Chris. I'll start off with a couple of questions for you. Now, obviously, Dover was a really great race weekend for you and the number 17 team. So from a confidence standpoint, how great was it to get that performance out there and showcase what you and your team can do uh, when all the cards are on your table? I think, um, you know, for us, we've had some good momentum through the season. Uh, We've been building up steadily, but uh, probably a little bit slower than what we would like. And um, that was definitely a, a bigger step to, to have that speed off the truck, which is something that we feel like we've been chasing a little bit. Uh, you know, it's become very important with such a, a limited amount of practice. And then qualifying uh, has become very important as well with some of these races that um, have been a, a surprisingly amount of, of track position sensitive. So uh, definitely a, a pretty awesome weekend for us. Uh, didn't get the win that, uh, that we really need to, to really swing that momentum over, but uh, very good progress, nonetheless. It was, um, it was a good race for us. Uh, mostly, mostly clean through the day and, and kept out of some of the chaos. And um, you know, wish uh, we could have gotten a few more spots there uh, towards uh, towards the end. And ultimately, wanted to be racing for a win, just um, just a, a few really small tweaks away from being able to do that. Absolutely. My last question for you is, you know, obviously you and uh, co-owner and teammate Brad Kozlowski, it seems like you guys are making some great strides. But what's the chemistry been like between the two of you with trying to get RFK racing back to the front of the field? It's It's been really good. Um, it's been really neat to see Brad come in uh, and obviously have uh, a little bit more skin in the game than, than most of your, uh, your typical teammates would. Um, it's been fun to learn from him. I, I think that a lot of Brad's experience from from his truck team from his his advanced manufacturing company that that he is operating uh, i think a lot of that's coming into play as he's come over to, to rfk and uh, applied some of that i think that it's been neat to see um him and jack work uh, so well together i think that uh they have a, a ton of similarities uh, the more i'm around them uh start to see a lot of each other uh in both of them so that's that's been neat to see it's been working out really well uh, been able to lean on Brad for, you know, I, I think back to specific cases where uh, tracks that have not been my best through the years, and, and I go back to, to Phoenix and 
a track that Brad's had a lot of success at and went down there, tested, was able to to lean on Brad for a lot of advice and, and what he's looking for and what he's been successful with there at Phoenix in the past. And, um, you know, was able to, to apply that and then come on with a, I think a 10th place run there at the beginning of the year. That, that was just one of the first cases where like, man, this is going to, going to end up being really helpful for me. Absolutely. Thanks Chris. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Rob. I want to go to Bob next. I know he's outside. So just in case uh, something happens here, uh, let, let's go to Bob and uh, we'll continue after that. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Chris, uh, I'm curious with the all-star race being in Texas, do you, uh, you know, there, there'll be a lot of talk of should it remain in Texas, should it not remain in Texas? What do you think, um, I guess, what, what what's kind of your opinion on that? Do you feel like the all-star race should move around? And is there anything that you feel like maybe Texas either, I want to say that the track can do, but what, what can be done to maybe make things maybe a little bit more exciting for Texas? Um. You know, in my opinion, the, the all-star race should move around. Uh, I know that hasn't been how it is has been through the years, um, and it's not the, the history of it. But if you want to call it an all-star, uh, I think you need to give give an opportunity to, to different drivers um, who have different skill sets for different racetracks. Um, you know, at some point, it should probably go to a road course. Uh, I don't think it should go – to dirt um you know if we're gonna uh try and try and make sure we're keeping to the, to the asphalt routes with everybody but we do enough road racing now that um uh, maybe that's an opportunity in the future but i don't think that's the, the first place we should be switching it over to i think there's a lot of different racetracks uh you know we, we've given it a, a few different shots here um you know if you think uh i got asked this question not too long ago or something similar and, and the the first thing that came to mind is if we, we took the all-star and went to Phoenix every year, uh, we'd all be really worried about Kevin Harvick winning every race, every all-star, right? And that's probably not the best indication of, uh, you know, for an all-star race, you're trying to make it exciting and uh, make it about, you know, who can, who can get it done for uh, for a heads up and nothing on the line race. Well, it's still going to play into to strong suits for different drivers, for different teams at different racetracks. So I, I'm I'm a proponent for, for moving it around a little bit. I don't know that that needs to be every year. I don't know if it needs to be every two or three. I I, I don't have those answers. But yeah, I could see it moving around and see that being a benefit and keeping it keeping it fresh as we keep going through it. Um, you know, asking about Texas specifically and, and what they can do. Um, you know, I, I don't know that there's anything. That, that needs to be done or can be done. Um, you know, the, the race can be good there. It's uh, a little bit dependent on track conditions. I know we've uh, messed around with, with PJ one. We've, uh, you know, tried to, to see if we can make that work. I don't know with, uh, with this car, how, uh, how it's really been, been received as, um, as a good option or not. But, um, you know, I think that that's something that we got to keep in mind that there are small options, um, but, at the end of the day, I just think that if we move it around some, it'll keep it keep it fresh and keep it exciting. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, thanks, Bob. Let's stay in Texas. Let's go to job Stur- John Sturbin. Go ahead, Sturb. Chris, good morning. How are you? Doing good, thank you. Uh, let me ask you this for the uh, Dallas Morning News. Uh, after you qualified on pole at Dover, you said that you typically don't put much emphasis on qualifying. Um, 
Do you think now that you've led 18 laps and you scored points in two stages, finished eighth, you might want to rethink that and, and get more aggressive right out of the box? Um, yeah, I guess um, to be more clear or elaborate a little bit on that statement, it's not that we don't focus on, on qualifying because um, you're right, it is very important. And, you know, this, this weekend showed that there's been several that have. Um, but I don't know that, uh, you know, it's just specifically about sitting on the pole um, because there's been a lot of weeks where through, through my career that sat on the pole and been like, man, this is great for one lap, but we got a lot to work on for our race car. Um, and then there's been the opposite. There's been weeks where I've had a really good race car and not worried about the qualifying side of it. So um, there's, there's a balance. Um, qualifying is very important. And, um, and very much so until we learn how to uh, make this car less aerodependent from a, from a team standpoint, if, um, if that's something we can, we can accomplish. But it is a, a big part of what we're racing. Um, I, I guess if, uh, if you're going to the track to be the fastest for, uh, from lap one of practice through qualifying through the race, um, that does need to be the goal. But I don't think that the emphasis needs to be sitting on the pole every weekend. Um, you know, we're going to give it all we got. But good race cars and everything we can do to win a race. And uh, I think we had a good balance of that this week. We had a really good race car, uh, a really good qualifying car, uh, but know some things now that may would give up a little bit of qualifying speed for some race speed that we would go back in and we would put in the car at the, at the expense of, of maybe a few positions for qualifying. I have a follow-up. Um, do you feel that you and Scott Graves are now kind of recapturing the magic or the chemistry or whatever it was from 2015, or is that just too too long ago to, to even count anymore? No, it definitely is. It's worth something. Uh, you know, we've been able to get back in a swing of things, and uh, both of us have a whole lot more experience now than we, we did at that point. Um, but a lot of the the same characteristics and same uh, nuances with, uh, with each other are still there. Uh, you know, a lot of the same positives are, are there that we're able to, to work around and, and, and understand each other quickly. Uh, neither of us are very, um, uh, I guess, if, if you want to say excitable or really high emotion people. Uh, but I think that we can communicate very quickly and, and clearly because of that. Um, so yeah, I think there's a certain amount of it that, that is definitely coming into play. And it's definitely starting to, to click here as we, we get into the first third of the season um i think it's going to continue to get stronger as uh, as we all work uh, as a, an entire team together and as the entire group is getting more comfortable with each other and figuring out what everyone needs and um and what we can all accomplish together so yeah there, there's definitely um there's something to it and uh, we're going to keep building on it to make sure there's there's more of it as we keep going thank you very much thank you, thank you. thanks john Appreciate you joining today. Let's go to Daniel McFadden. Go ahead, Daniel. Hey, Chris. So, um, so Saturday, uh, during your, your Fox Sports interview after you got the poll, it kind of seemed to me to me like you were maybe a little bit emotional over having just gotten the poll. I don't know if, it, if that was the case or not. Um, uh, if it was, why, why was it a special moment for you? And what was it like for you, you know, waiting for all the cars to make their runs and take you down? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, so some pretty awesome uh, emotion from it. Uh, it's definitely a, a cool feeling, and, um, you know, it's 
kind of wild to think, but they haven't actually had a, a NASCAR pole across any of the series, um, unless you go back to, uh, to I guess now the, the ARCA series. Um, you know, so it, it was it was very neat. It was it was cool to go out there and put a lap down. We were what the fourth one on track uh, in our group, fourth car to qualify at all, and uh, so we waited around for a really long time and realized right then that our lap was going to hold up uh, pretty good. I um, I stayed in the car because I, I was too nervous to uh, to do anything different. I was like, well, that uh, put up a good lap. I'll stay in the car and we'll see how the rest of the field goes. And uh, if, if need be, I'll get out and we can go back to the hauler. But I uh, ended up staying in it through both groups and uh, right up to our, our next lap. And um, we were the second car to go out uh, for the final round and uh, felt pretty good about the lap. Had a little bit of a, of a lift over in three and four that I thought might, might cost us. And I knew we had some uh, some fast cars that went and made only one lap and uh, and put down really good speed. So uh, there was the thought in, in our team's mind that they have fresher tires. They saved something for this round, too. Uh, I don't know that we were uh, real nervous. We were watching, uh, you know, paying attention, but uh, didn't even um, didn't turn SMT on. We were sitting there talking about that. If we had SMT and we we're sitting there watching, I don't know if that made the nerves better or worse. Uh, if you're sitting there and knew that you had them off of two, but they gained in the three and see if you could get them off of four, it was it was a little easier for us just to watch the monitor up top and see them come across the line and uh, and and watch the time. So um, you know, it kind of took that split second to react once it was all over it's like we are good right that, that was that was it so uh definitely a cool one it was um hopefully the the first of of many through the season uh i think that as we we learn what we need we have a lot of good things to build off from the dover weekend uh qualifying related race related uh race car related there's a lot of positives from it so it was it was definitely special it, it's cool to get that that pole it was cool to run well all day um wanted to run a little better and I think we have some good ideas on how to uh, to balance it out for that single single lap speed versus long run speed now. All right. And this, this is your eighth year in the Cup Series. And being an established, you know, extended champion, a winner, you know you're a capable driver. What's been the hardest part for you over the last, like, eight years, not being able to consistently remind people with – your on-track performance that you are as good as you are. Yeah, I guess um, I'm hoping I'm, I'm right in saying seven years, right? Well, you, you made you made made like six starts eight years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. okay, okay, yeah, my bad. Yeah. I was like, because I've been telling a lot of people that it's the seventh year this this season, so I want to make sure I haven't been lying to a whole bunch of people. But um, yeah, you know, I think um, I think through. Through through my career, my cup career more specifically, we we had a lot of success in ARCA pretty quick and Xfinity pretty quick, um, and then you know when the 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 cup season came around after the championship, uh, you know it was uh, kind of a, a wild silly season for us. And uh, thinking that I was going into a cup car at Roush and through some downsizing, ended up going over to uh, to front row and getting a drive for them and uh, and kind of doing some of the uh, team alliance uh, program that you see through, through many teams nowadays. And I uh, was fortunate enough to go over there and have some really good runs with, uh, with Bob Osborne on the top of the box and uh, got a, got a win at Pocono, right. And actually made the, the playoffs, which was pretty neat. And, uh, you know, I know we did it a, a, 
unorthodox way, but it was it was cool to to do that in our first season and um, you know kind of do it as a as a as an underdog through all of that. Um, you know, we've had splashes of, of really good runs through through the last many years, and, and we've been close in a lot of races. Um, you know, just trying to find consistency and and really find a a home base to land and and build from. Um, you know, I think that something that sticks out to me is it's always difficult to go two or three years and, and make a, a complete change and, and try and build that chemistry back up and, and build that comfort or, or that uh, confidence in, in everybody to be able to go have that success. It's so hard to do that instantly. So, um, you know, it's always taken a, a little bit of time to get that back going and, uh, and always with a little bit of uncertainty of what next year may bring. And I think that, you know, feel, feel good about where we're at at RFK right now. Uh, it's the, the team that I started my professional career with. Uh, it, it's a place where uh, I've worked in the shop. I, I know most of the people throughout, uh, you know, volunteered over at, at pit practice over here. So it, it's a place that I've put in a lot of effort. I've seen a lot of work go into it through, through everybody. I've seen growth through, through most of the employees there. And I feel like it's a place that, that I can, finish my career at as I've always envisioned when I signed up what it was 12 10 or 12 years 12 years ago so uh you know it, it is cool now to have that uh that stability and that thought process that this is something we got to build towards a really long term and and keep our heads down and get after so there's a lot of potential here uh a ton of potential and I think with Brad coming in it's really um it's opened a lot of people's eyes and it's made them see, uh, see some differences and, and it's gotten a lot of, a lot of people excited. Um, you know, he's, he's brought an energy that has been really good. And, and like I said earlier, he reminds me a ton of Jack, um, but, but he is in, in every single uh, piece that, that goes on this race car, he's, he's involved and, and he's in it. And I think that that's going to, to help lead us towards, uh, towards even more success. So I think there's a, a ton of, ton of possibilities over here right now i think that this is uh this last weekend was a good good splash and a good start but we're gonna keep building on it and we're gonna keep making it better thank you thank right, you Chris, i've got two more in queue here so let's get these two out and then we'll let you go let's start with david hoffman go ahead david hey thank you uh so chris how do you feel the next gen car is gonna be especially at darlington where it's already difficult as is yeah it's difficult every week right um and Darlington's never been accused of being an easy track. So uh, there is that, but, um, you know, I think that uh, at the beginning of the year, we, we may have been thinking of Darlington with, uh, with a little bit more nerves, knowing that, uh, you know, simple wall impacts were, were really tweaking tow links and uh, wrecking race cars. And I think we've moved past some of those, um, those issues. And so uh where I'm sitting here wondering right now is we've we've seen the composite bodies and the durability of the Xfinity cars um, kind of make heroes out of out of some drivers that uh, with with a lot of aggression that uh, would have paid a, a, a pretty big consequence in years past. Uh, I feel like we're to a point now with the durability of our cars uh, and with the, the the bodies the way they are. I think that. Uh, there's probably less penalty for being aggressive at Darlington. And so, uh, you know, the stripe is something we, we always talk about when we go there, uh, but it's recently cut tires down um, consistently. It's just 
body tolerances got so tight. Um, sorry about that. that was fresh. Um, body tolerances were, were just so tight. Uh, you, you hit the fence, you, you knock knock fender in on tire, you cut it down, you're done, um, or you're you're playing catch up the rest of the day. So uh, that's the difficult part is, is judging where we're going to be there, uh, judging what dirty air is going to be like. Uh, I think that this car has been significantly better running side by side. Uh, we have not had the, the big arrow loose moments. I think Dover showed a lot of that on restarts where uh, the bottom does not get that uh, that loss of side force and that major penalty uh, coming through one and two and, and even three and four on restarts. I think that that's going to come into play at Darlington as well. Uh, but the car is still very sensitive front to rear. And so uh, that, that arrow push, uh, when you're getting in, when you're getting in line, uh, that's going to be tough to overcome. So there's a handful of things that aren't quite known, and then we have some questions on. I think it's going to be a, a fun race car to drive there. I think now that the, the turn two bumps have, have been smoothed out and repaved and, and are much better there, um, I think that's a good thing for this car as we've seen the bumps be a, a real big trouble area for it. So I think that part is, has been addressed to the point where we won't be thinking about that as our, our major concern. It's – um. I guess at the end of the day, it's going to be about like every week. <laughs> We're going into it with a whole lot more questions than uh, than we have answers. And uh, we're just going to go go figure it out as we, we get on track and start making laps. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. All right. Thank you, David. Let's close it out with Dustin Long. Go ahead, Dustin. You get the last question. Thank you. Chris got a couple. Um, hey, obviously this weekend the throwback car is for a throwback to a Matt Kenseth scheme. And I'm just curious, first of all, any particular experiences or memories, um, interactions with Matt? I know not necessarily crisscrossed for all, at, at all times, uh, especially with Roush, but I didn't know if anything kind of comes up in terms of memories or experiences with Matt uh, throughout your career. Yeah, there's a, there's a handful that weren't really directly from uh, from the, the cup racetrack. Um, you know, we got to uh, – uh, when I was running Legends cars at the summer shootout, we got to uh, get the opportunity to to get uh, Ross Kenseth in um, in our, our other Legends car for the shootout. And so uh, I do remember Matt coming in and hanging out with us then and uh, before I was really involved with Roush any, and that was just through uh, uh, with, with David Reagan uh, as he was over at Roush at the time. And so uh, it was a, a cool uh, a cool moment for us as, as a kid, just trying to, to get into the, to the racing world for him to come out and hang out as a, as a normal person and get to hang out with Ross a little bit. And, uh, it poured, uh, that weekend. So it was not the most ideal weekends, but, uh, fast forward, um, up to 2011. Uh, and it was when I was running ARCA, we were getting ready for, uh, for Salem race weekend. Um, uh, and, um, that's when I got a, got a call to come run my first Xfinity race at Richmond. And uh, it was very last second. Uh, Trevor, uh, Trevor Bain was the, the driver. He got uh, sick that weekend and so got called to sub in and uh, got to Richmond, got all our stuff filled out, went and ran that race. And then it was the, man, this is going to be tough. I got to get all the way over to Salem now for our race tomorrow. And um, and I remember that, that I don't know if it was uh, – Matt offering or if Riser, Robbie Riser begging, but uh, I did, uh, did get to, to take Matt's plane. I was the only person on, uh, on his plane. Uh, it was the first time I've ever been in any kind of, uh, 
uh, nice private aircraft like that. And, uh, and he was really, uh, was nice enough to, to get me over to Salem, uh, so that I could get some rest, get ready for the race weekend and, uh, and get after it as we were racing for, uh, for our championship that year. So, uh, Matt was, was really good to me early on when he probably hardly knew who I was, uh, and then enjoyed being able to, uh, to have some of those conversations with him during those times. Um, it's pretty cool to, to have his, uh, his paint scheme on the car, one of the more iconic paint schemes on board of our R17 Mustang. Uh, I did, uh, it, it did not go over so well with some of the crew, um, as, uh, as we've had, uh, one of our guys say that you know it's not good when our throwback is a car that I used to work on. He's like that. That just makes you feel old. Uh, so um, I don't know if it's his favorite that, that we've run so far, but it is a, a really sharp looking race car. Really, really looking forward to uh, to get it out on track with those shoes on board and uh, the opportunity that they presented not only us but but us and the the sixth car with uh, opportunity for the fans to vote on their favorite schemes out of a, a certain handful and this is the one that, that they chose and that we get to, uh, to go out and, and try and win with. I also want to ask you, uh, so far this season, Chevrolet's won seven of the first 11 races. Um, some cases, maybe circumstances have kind of helped push that number up. I understand that. You certainly got a race around a lot of the top Chevy cars this past weekend. Uh, I think you were the top four most of the, most of the race. Um, I, I'm just curious you know, what do you see out of the, some of these Chevy cars or what is it they're able to do that, that has allowed Chevy to, to win a little bit more often? Or is it, I mean, it seems like it's a little bit more than just circumstances in every case. From, from your perspective, what do you see from the driver's seat of, of things that they're able to do that everybody's trying to catch up to, I guess, at this point? Yeah, I, I guess, um, yeah, at, at the end of the day, seven out of you said seven out of 11 that, that's not really you can't chalk it up just to circumstances right um there's uh there's speed there so it's definitely something that uh we're all chasing uh i don't know that i have the answers for you on on what it is um if i could tell you we'd, we'd probably be working on it right now and uh, more aggressively but uh, i know that we're working really hard from the ford camp to uh to put fast race cars on, on the track i think we've had um you know, you go back to all the way to Daytona and had uh, some awesome speed working together there. And, uh, and I think we had that potential at Talladega and, and, and we got most of our fleet of Fords wiped out uh, by the end of, was it the first stage? So uh, didn't really have the opportunity to show that, but uh, again, you're, you're right. There's been a lot of speed there. We're all working on it and, and trying to find it. And um, if, if you get an answer from somebody, let us know. That we can get after it, but uh, we've had some some really good Ford Mustangs on track, and we've had had speed. We got to put it all together. I know that that Doug and, and the entire Roush Yates engine shop are working really hard to provide us with with excellent horsepower that's that's been completely reliable, uh, which has been a big part and a big unknown with this car as well as as we've we've seen some really big temperature spikes at a lot of these racetracks where we wouldn't typically. So a lot of work's going into it. Uh, we're getting after it. I, I don't. I don't have a good answer for you yet, uh, but but we're not quitting or, or we're not sitting stagnant right now. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Hey, Chris Pusher, man. It, uh, it's going to be interesting how he handles uh, itself at Darlington this coming weekend. I got...
Noah Gregson and the Dash for Cash winner. Noah's been baiting himself in in the cash in this series with with that, and uh, we're we're gonna play just a minute of that, and then we're gonna go with Josh Berry after that. So here's Noah. All right, we're going to get started with our post-race media availabilities for today's A-Game 200 here at Dover Motor Speedway with the NASCAR Xfinity Series. We are joined by our Dash for Cash winner, Noah Gregson, driver of the number nine junior motorsports Chevrolet. Uh, Noah, why don't you just talk a little bit about what it means to win this bonus here this weekend? Uh, it's awesome. Uh, the fifth one, which I guess we tied Elliot Sadler, but uh, it's all it's all because of the team that we got, the number nine team at Bass Pro Shops, they just, we weren't great today. Uh, probably, you know, one of the worst races we've been just as far as speed, but uh, we kept working on it, and finally I just couldn't land in the corner uh, the way I needed to and just to get super loose and slide the rear tires too much. And, um, you know, we, we made good adjustments and came back and, Passed uh, AJ on the final restart, and we were running him down. We were close to passing him before the caution, and then uh, got him got him on the restart after that final caution. And um, yeah, just super pumped for everybody at, at JRM for four cars in the top five. That's that's big for our company. I don't know if we've done that before. We might have done it once other time, but um, four cars in the top five is really big for us. Awesome day for you guys. All right, we'll open it up to questions. If you have a question for Noah. Please raise your hand. We'll get a wireless mic, and we'll start with Davey. Davey Siegel, Front Stretch. Congratulations, Noah. So you've won five of these now. Do you notice a difference with the team and how they're able to use this money to to perform a little bit better throughout the season? Like, can you tell when you win Dash for Cashes that the team improves? Yeah, they, uh, they're they all happy because they get beer. Uh no, it. Uh, I mean, I the the percentage that I get, um, I divide it up and give it back to the pit crew, pit crew guys and uh, the mechanics and everybody on the number nine team. Um, you know, it's just you know maybe Christmas money or you know whatever it could be. Um, they sacrifice so much. These guys uh, going on the road every weekend, and I mean they're missing softball games and their kids baseball games and stuff like that to to be able to help me chase my dream and um you know they this is the least I could do for them is is that so uh I think yeah we're hungry we won 3 last year and won in 2020 and felt like we were going to have a you know we could have finished um in the top four at Martinsville, we probably could have had two of these things this year, but um, one's one's good. Uh, it's better than none. So uh, I was joking out front before the race, saying they asked me what I do with the money. I said I'm taking over the casino, putting all hundred grand on black, but they'll probably hit red. So thank God they don't pay out right here. I know. I noticed they didn't. Uh, they didn't have a place to sign on the back. That's the only difference. I feel like Happy Gilmore. We should do a skit like that, like Happy Gilmore with all the checks. In the, my car's too messy for that. Go to Zach. Zach Sterniolo, NBC Sports. Noah, you, uh, JRM obviously had super uh, 
just a ton of speed today. Um, I'm curious, you know, Justin Allgaier's had a lot of success here in the past. How helpful has he been to the team in getting JRM uh, and its program to be successful here at Dover? I think it's just a, a great track for our company, and, and Justin's really good here. I'm not, not sure what happened to him on pit road, but it seemed like him and and Josh and Sam were really the the three class of the field um, today. Uh, I'm not really sure. 54 is pretty fast too, um, but yeah, just just being able to lean on Justin, and he, he's a very knowledgeable guy and uh, has a ton of experience. So I think just with him and his experience, and Josh is uh, just such a badass race car driver as it is, and um, allows for a guy like me to lean on those guys, and we all help each other to be better. So, um, you know, what a great day to, to be able to, yeah, get four cars into the, the top five, and it uh, just shows how hard everyone's working at Junior Motorsports to be able to get um, all four cars to have speed. That's That's kind of been the the trend all this year all car, all four cars have had speed i just we all haven't finished up there but today we have so um great track for jrm and um happy to be a small part of it any additional questions for noah good job there. go ahead nathan uh nathan Sound with the podium finish noah this is already your seventh top five finish of the season how have you maintained so consistent throughout this whole year uh, I think experience helps, uh, maturity and growing as a person and as a race car driver helps manage the races and be able to not put myself in bad positions and really look at that, just know how to pace the race overall and be there at the end and be up front and not get too, I used to get really excited and felt like, oh, I got to i got to run these guys down right now in five laps, and we still have 40 laps to go, you know. So just being more patient is probably uh, the most important thing for me. But also just fast cars, Luke Lambert and everybody on the best pro shop team, they do such a good job this year. We're, we're more – we're just confident when we get to the racetrack. We're motivated, and, and we're having fun. I think that's the most important thing is is we're having fun, and no matter – you know, today was probably one of our worst races on speed, and we were able to make good adjustments and, and come back for a top five. So that just shows to me how well everyone's working together. With myself and Luke Lambert, we start off the year with a really, really strong run there with four top three finishes and a win. And, uh, you know, I told him before the year got started, if we can finish in the top five every week, we don't – we want to win every race, but we don't have to win every race. If we could just average uh, fifth-place finishes, we'd be pretty good. Uh, Atlanta, we had a fast car, got caught up in a wreck. Well, Richmond, that was self-inflicted with um, you know, losing brakes. I, I felt like we were going to be one of the guys to beat, if not the guy to beat, and finished like 20th there. And then the next weekend got hooked by the one on their final restart and finished 20th so we were running third there so I mean you probably could have a couple more top fives in there but um, right now with with seven uh, how, is this race 10 of the this is race 10 so 
uh, we're off to a good start. We just got to keep it going during the summer months. I struggle during the summer months and just kind of in the past have struggled on speed. But, uh, you know, everyone's super, super motivated, super confident, and uh, we're just having a good time overall. Anything final for Noah? We go to Bob. Uh, Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. Um, I'm curious, you've, you've done some cup races, uh, both with Beard and Colleg. Do you feel like when teams are evalu evaluating you to, for potential cup rides, do you think they're looking at what you're doing in cup, or do you feel like they're looking at what you're doing in Xfinity? I, I hope they're not looking at the cup side yet. I, I haven't really had a good run over on, on that side, but uh, I talked to Jeff Gordon after Talladega Cup race and was walking back to my rental car and he was he was standing there and just talked to him. He said, uh, you know, we're really happy to see you running so good in Xfinity and that's what we're really paying attention to. So um, not saying that there's any opportunity there, just, just the higher up people in the industry, he's one of them. Um, He's just saying that's kind of what they look for, but um, you know, for for me, I hope they're looking at the Xfinity results. I'm putting in a lot of hard work for the Cup side, um, but just the results haven't been there. But right now, my my priority is chasing Xfinity Series championship, and we have a good good opportunity to do that, and that's that's my priority right now. But also learning that new car, it's a, it's a lot different feeling, just the the sidewall of the tire and. Um, when they snap, I haven't really been to a, I don't want to say it's a real racetrack, but I haven't been to a traditional racetrack where you're using the gas on brake. It's been Bristol Dirt, Super Speedways, um, Atlanta, which was unique in its own. So uh, we just got to gotta kind of reevaluate after the next couple cup races and, um, you know, just really focused on getting better um, behind the wheel of that car and have great opportunity with color racing and, and beer motorsports. All right, Noah. Well, congratulations on winning the Xfinity Dash for cash, and uh, we'll see you next weekend. I'm going to steal Josh's trophy. I don't earn it. I didn't, don't deserve it, but that thing's so cool. All right, we're going to continue with our media availabilities here at Dover. We have today's A-Game 200 NASCAR Xfinity Series race winner, Josh Berry, driver of the number eight junior motorsports Chevrolet. Uh, we will open it straight up to questions for Josh. If you have a question, please raise your hand and we'll get a wireless microphone to you. We'll go right back there to Zach. Zach Sterniel, NBC Sports. Josh, uh, I'm curious what changes you guys ended up making on the car uh, to get your car um, faster on that second uh, second half of this race. Um, you had a great battle there with, with Justin on that second to last uh, green flag run. Um, did anything change or, or get the car more more so to your liking? Yeah, I think so. I think it was a com combination of the adjustments the guys made and just getting a little bit cleaner air on the restarts, just doing a better job on the restarts. Um, just made a couple of mistakes early on the bottom and just got loose. And, you know, thankfully nothing big happened out of that or too big. But, um, you know, this place is tough. Um, you got to be free. You got to be on the freer side to be fast, especially on the long run. So it's constant balance of takeoff speed versus long run speed. And, um 
you know, you saw at the end, we kind of, we got the short run speed better for 30 so laps and then kind of built tight the last couple and Justin was able to reel us back in in the, in the lap traffic. But, um, you know, we played it right and, you know, the race was 200 laps and we were able to get the win. Go to Davey. Hey, Josh, Davey Siegel, front stretch. Congrats on the win. So last year, right here at Dover, you made your cup debut under some interesting circumstances, and then obviously today you get Miles the Monster. Does this racetrack hold any special meaning for you at this point? You know, obviously two big-time uh, events happening at the same venue for you. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know, we had a great race last year, and I'm not sure that in um, if you look back on um, you know my my 2021. You wouldn't circle this week or this race as, you know, really one of the more impressive runs I had. I mean, obviously the Martinsville win was really big for my career, but coming and backing that up at some of these other tracks right after that I think was huge for for my career. So, and obviously getting to run the cup race, that was really special. And, uh, you know, that was, um, you know, this place was a place we had circled. You know, we thought that obviously after last year that this would be a great opportunity for us, and um, we were able to deliver that today, so it's really cool. Additional questions for Josh? We go to Nathan. Nathan Song with a podium finish. Josh, obviously this is your third career win now. Do you feel like you've established yourself within the Xfinity Series? No. I feel like I still have a lot of work to do. Um, you know, I'm working really hard to get better every week. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things that, that I need to do better. And, and um, I think, you know, the great part about – you know, my situation in the team right now and all our partners, we're, we're ready to work, work together and, and get better and continue to, to reach our potential. I don't think we're anywhere close to that yet. We've had a lot of speed this year, just kind of some poor execution here or there, some on, you know, some on my part, some on the team's part. And we just knew we just got to keep working together and uh, getting better every week. And, you know, today was a great, great uh, moment for that. Um, but like I said, the work, work starts again Monday for Darlington. Uh, all four junior motorsports cars finished in the top five. How special is that? Yeah, no, I mean, they've been, you know, I've, I've been really fortunate since I've, you know, got my opportunity here in the Xfinity Series. Junior Motorsports has done a great job, and we've had a lot of great cars, lots of wins, um, dash for caches, you know, lot, lots of amazing things have happened. Um, you know, I think that all four of us are working really well together. We have a lot of great speed. Um, Sam obviously had a great car today, had some misfortune, but it's pretty obvious his day's coming here soon, and, um, we're just excited to just keep working and, and pushing each other to be better and to have all four cars, I think, in the top five. That's pretty special. We'll go back to Zach. Obviously, you had the two wins a year ago, but um, through these first now ten races, uh, I guess the nine prior, were you getting antsy trying to figure out what you needed to do to get back to victory lane? Um, was there uh, – obviously, the, the – the team overall has had speed, yourself included. Um, but I guess what what was going through what's been going through your mind over these first nine races without getting to victory lane? Yeah, I mean we've had some tough moments. It's been frustrating at times. I mean, but for the most part, like I said, we've been went fast and you have to you know racing at this level is a lot of work and it's hard and and you got to learn to love the work and the preparation, you know more than necessarily the finishes. You know so. Um, we just kept our head down and kept working every week and trying to, you know, fix where, you know, any of our mistakes. And we knew that if we did that and we kept bringing fast cars, we would, we would have the speed to finally win. And, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, 
you know, this deal, it really doesn't pay to be um, on fire at the beginning of the, beginning of the season. I mean, we saw that last year um, with the with the 18. So we just got to keep moving the needle and keep getting better every week and, and be be there when it counts at the end of the season. Go to Dustin. Dustin Albino, JC.com. Josh, we go to Darlington next week. Last year you finished second there. Um, how excited are you to get back to, to Darlington? Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Um, we have an amazing paint scheme with Tire Pros uh, with, like, the Looney Tunes throwback, and, and it's uh, it's it looks so good in person. Like, I'm so excited for that. The orange really looks amazing on it. So that's a fun weekend. Um, like, obviously, uh, we got a second-place finish last year. That was – really fun um but we know like i said we know we got to continue to work and continue to get better and uh like i said i'm excited to to finally check off the win box and and like i said we'll go to work these next few weeks and keep trying to get better and get some more wins Did you pick out the or the no um you know our partner tire pros they really um were pretty involved in that and the design really all the credit i think goes to the designer ryan williams at, at jrm he's just a phenomenal talent there and um, he kind of come up with it, and you know both of our paint schemes. He's done it really some some stuff that you didn't think was possible. So um, you know between them and Tire Pros, they're really excited to have a really cool paint scheme like that, and it'll be really fun. Go to Brian. Uh, Brian Mapes from Xfinity Racing. Uh, when you got out of the car, you opened your arms for your daughter Mackenzie. Were you worried that Noah was going to hop over and give you a hug instead? Yeah. So uh, man, she. She uh, fumbled that. I expected she was not happy. I don't. She's really still. I see her on the back. She's still kind of pissed. Um, the cannon and victory lane kind of spooked her. I think everything. I was hoping that was going to be a better moment than it was. But uh, you know, maybe as maybe next time she'll do a little better. But she was scared to death. Do we have anything further for Josh? All right, Josh. Congratulations on the win today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank y'all. About kind of reflecting, um, certainly. A hello. Uh, hello, is this Brad? Uh, no, is this Kirk? Uh, yes. Kirk, this is Josh Hamilton with NASCAR. How oh, are sorry, you? Sorry, Josh. Okay, yeah, I got a whole list of numbers here. No, all good. Yeah, that's probably the next I'm call still you got to make. Bit in shock. But uh, we are here at the Hall of Fame. We've got a room full of uh, reporters here who have a few questions for you, if you don't mind. And sure. uh, before I open it up the floor to them, I, if you wouldn't mind just uh, letting us all know kind of your thoughts and feelings as you saw that you are the newest member of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. I figured this out all in the last 20 minutes. I, I kind of, like I said, I'm still sort of in shock. Um, you know, I've been on the ballot before, and, and I figure there's a whole lot of other deserving names on in that group um, as well. And, and uh, yeah, I just figured it'd be a few, few years more before it happens. But um, it's great, and it sure means a lot to me. And uh, just kind of trying to figure out my next move here. <laughs> Kirk, this is Bob Hockers from Fox Sports. Are you in shock because uh, you weren't sure whether – you would ever get in and whether people thought you were deserving or are you in uh, shock just because you haven't been on the ballot for a while and, and for some reason yeah. didn't get the vote? Yeah, I was I was 
reasonably certain someday I'd be in there. Uh, and like I say, having been on a ballot for a few times and and not elected, I kind of figured that might be the case again, um, which is okay. It's still some some awful big names to be rubbing shoulders with, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy and surprised and and honored. One second, Kirk. Walking to the back for a question here. Hey, Kirk, this is Dustin Long of NBC uh, Sports. Congratulations. Uh, I want to ask you a couple things. Thank you, first, sir. Off, first off is what what were you doing today? What have you been doing leading up to this? I uh, just picked up the kids after school and messing with them a little bit, playing with a dog, and uh, their mother came by and picked up my daughter to go do something just now, and I was uh, making something for supper, and the phone started blowing up. Uh, I really, like I said, I really didn't expect it would be today, but uh, here it is. I'm, I'm awful grateful. And also, you talk about, uh, you know, rubbing shoulders with some of the greats sport to be, in essence, reunited with Dale and Richard in the Hall of Fame and the, that great organization that you guys, that great team you had. What does that mean to be a part of the Hall and to share that with, you know? being in there with, with Dale and Richard? That's all. I mean, I, I had looked at racing ever since I was a kid, you know, before I even had figured out how to get into it. And it's always kind of been a surreal thing for me. That, like, here I am and in the middle of all these legends, you know, and, and as the year just go by, the, the, the stats pile up, you know, and you, you start to be thought of in the same sentence of it. And like I say, it's all just kind of surreal, but, um, it really is a big honor. It means a lot to me, and my career has meant a lot to me. So uh, it's it's a nice little bit of icing on the cake, that's for sure. Uh, Zach Albert with NASCAR.com. Kurt uh, Earnhardt was such a larger-than-life personality, and I, I think you and, and a lot of the people who were on that number three team, you know, were were kind of behind the scenes, and it was uh, you know, given his iconic status, I mean, it was kind of easy to get overshadowed. Do you feel like this is kind of a a little bit of recognition, and, and were you guys, uh, how did you guys feel, you know, kind of being in that role with him, you know, really being the face of the team? You know, I, I don't think the, the, the ones of us, the few of us that were really in there close in the circle with him on and all the stuff we went through, I don't think any of us felt overshadowed. I mean, we were all glad to be a part of it, and Dale certainly was uh, bigger than Elvis, we used to say. You know, that was for him to deal with. And as far as between everybody, we were kind of all on the same page. Um, and sure, it's great to be included on on this list, you know, not just with him, but with all the other people that are here. And, and uh, um, it's a great honor, but um, I don't think any of us ever really felt overshadowed. We were all kind of part of the same machine. Hi, Kirk. This is Deb Williams with RacingToday.com. Congratulations. Hey, Deb. Thanks uh, a lot. <laughs> back when y'all had the Wrangler sponsorship and you were known as the Junkyard Dogs, what, yeah. what, how did that name come about? And also, what was the what made that crew so special? It just seemed like there was a special camaraderie there, but what made it special? Gosh, I, well, it, it just... 
I think it was chance. I mean, everybody fit together. Everybody had their own role. We were each separate people that you'd probably never even hear of other than the, the, the group we made, you know, kind of like puzzle pieces. And uh, I think uh, old Bill Broderick invented the name and did a little photo shoot thing for Unical and came up with that name. But, uh, um, yeah, you know, it just just all the tumblers kind of click together. All right, we have one more question here. Kirk, this is Dustin Long from NBC Sports again. Obviously, you took an, uh, a unique path after winning those championships and, and followed a passion through a driving career. Um, how, I guess some people might say, might wonder, how do you not look back and wonder how many more championships you might have won as, as, as a crew chief had you stayed? How do you respond or, or, or why do those thoughts ever come in mind or do you ever see Dale Lindman and say, I could have gotten more if I hung around longer than you? Uh, well, that's the reason Dale's tougher than the rest of us. He, you know, and he won with two different race teams, which I don't think anybody's ever done. But um, for me, I was I was pretty much worn out at that point. And I'll say this, that the championships that they won after I left, I think there were two more maybe, um, they probably happened a little sooner than they would have had I stayed. I just, just I, things were needed to change big time, and I just uh, kind of concluded at the time that maybe I was part of that change needed to happen. I don't know, um, but I was, I was certainly used up at the time, and, and I couldn't see how how we were going to win a championship the next year. In other words, it was my job to figure that out, and I was kind of out of answers and. You know, a, a lot of big changes happened sort of in the wake of me leaving, and it turns out that's probably for the best. All right. Well, thank you very much, Kirk, for your time today. Congratulations on this great honor, and uh, I'm sure we'll be seeing more of you in the future. All right. Well, thanks for everything, and uh, let's see if I can get my phone back working. It's pretty blown up here today. <laughs> Crazy. Awesome. All right. Have a good evening. Hello, this is Josh Hamilton with NASCAR. Is this Herschel? This is Herschel, and this is my line. Well, Herschel, you got the right number. Thank you very much for calling in. I am uh, here at the Hall of Fame with a uh, room of reporters that would love to speak with you. Uh, but before okay. we get to them, if you don't mind just kind of opening up and telling us uh, how you felt when you saw that your name was selected as one of the new members of the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Well, you know, I'm a, I just, I, I knew I would be riding my trike. I'm on the uh, Kyle Petty charity run with uh, a couple hundred riders. And um, I heard my, uh, you know, I have a Bluetooth in my helmet, but I can't answer the phone because of my helmet. But I, I knew I got a text, and then I heard the phone ring, but of course I can't answer it. Well, I have I still had to drive a ways yet to get to the hotel where we stopped for fuel. And um, and here I looked at my checks. It was little Bill Martin. I told me I had made it. She told me, no, I am sitting on my bike with a 150 riders around me. 
And uh, lo and behold, my wife came running out. She surprised me and came for flew in from Tucson, from Tucson today. So then I knew uh, after we uh, now she um, uh, Bill Martinson attacks, and then of course. Uh, 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 Amber called me, and then I talked to Amber a little bit, and Amber talked to my wife. So, um, you know, I've driven that bike uh, 320 miles today in a lot of wind, and a 94 is not real easy. But I'm really happy. Uh, if anybody's got there's any questions, I'll try to answer them. I'm trying to keep the tunes back. Yeah, thank you. I actually have a question I'd love to ask first. You know, you participated in the very first Southern 500, uh, continued to race up until a few years ago down at Tucson, the longest career in NASCAR history. What drove you to keep going? Uh, racing just always been in me. I just always loved the sport. But, uh, you know, and I just couldn't go full-time all the time because I raised a family. Uh, I tried to stay in business so I could support myself and them, and please. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm a West Coaster, and I, I, I did a lot of racing on the West Coast. I did probably three or 400 races that wasn't NASCAR even involved with uh, back in the dirt days and all that. Uh, it's just a tribe to have to have in you. Uh, I guess uh, a lot of these kids now, they they learn to drive with the computers and all that stuff, and, and then they, they get the opportunity they can keep going. But, you know, I started when we just drive it. They didn't have go-karts and all that stuff. Uh, we just drove street cars. Right, right after World War II, Portland uh, Speedway was dirt, and... Uh, 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 September 16, 1945, I ran my first race and I was 17. So that was a long time ago. I borrowed my dad's 40 ounces and uh, got a couple of guys to help me. And I finished the race 12 or 13. Didn't set any records. But I showed some other people that I had some uh, I had some talent the next year. Uh, they blacktopped the race track. I was 18 years old. I had a 46 Ford, 100 lap race. I won the race. I just kept going from there. And uh, of course, I, in 1950, uh, not too many people knew all about the Pan American Road Race, but my neighbor bought a car for me to race, a 1950 Olds two-door uh, with a standard transmission. And uh, meanwhile, a friend of mine discovered this little ad about the Mexican Road Race, and we decided to take that car down there. And uh, that's when I met Bill Prentice and Curtis Turner and, and some of the flock boys and there was, uh, there was eight or nine NASCAR drivers down there. And, you know, um, Curtis and, and Bill drove the, I think, you know, I have no guarantee, but I think Curtis did most of the driving. But um, 
during the first five days of that race, Curtis's time and mine uh, driving three or four hundred miles a day was within less than minutes of each other for four days. And I imagine that kind of woke Bill up. He said, what's this young 23-year-old kid doing keeping up with, with I and, and Curtis? So uh, that's when he invited me to come back and, and run the uh, the Donington race, the 500. So after I got home and stuff, I got in that car. Um, the, the owner of the car drove it back to Portland. I flew from Mexico City back. But uh, I got in that car and drove it to Darlington across country. Of course, there was no freeways back in 1950. And uh, I finished ninth, and I got in the car and drove back home. And um, I don't know why I didn't think about staying there and doing things, but I, you know, had a family and had a raise and that kind of thing. But in 1954, Bill called me up, and he says, you know, we got a car back here. And the season's about half over that uh, uh, needs a driver. Uh, so I, I agreed to go back and run the races. I think I ran 17 races. And I, and I ended up finishing six of points. And, uh, you know, it's just all dirt, mainly dirt tracks uh, uh, at that time. But uh, the last six races, I always remember that because Lee, Betty, and I uh, were, were good friends. Richard wasn't old enough to drive me up there. And uh, uh, we won six races. He took half, and I took the other half, and finished first and second. And then in 55, I went home uh, after, after the, that season. I went home, and uh, Bill called me in. in in January, he says, hey, I've got a nice car back here to drive. I'd like to have you come back. And I told Bill, I said, I, I got started and did some things. I just got to stay here. And that was, the, that was of course, the car that uh, won the race. Uh, Jim got the ride in that two-caber car. So who knows how I went back there and got in that car. And that's always been something in my mind over the years, but you can't do everything. And uh, who knows if I'd have done that? One of you, a lot of races, I wanted out here like I am today. And uh, I just enjoy uh, the, the company of the racers and stuff, uh, especially the race in the West. We, we were all pretty close, helped each other. And uh, I'm not a mechanic at all. And usually most drivers are, are kind of mechanical, so. Everybody always got to help me. I didn't have to help anybody else because they knew I didn't know what to do it anyway. So, anyway, that's part of my story. Uh, sir, this is Dustin Long of NBC Sports. We certainly hear the emotion in your voice. Why or what is it that makes this so meaningful to you to to have this induction? What, is it, what does it mean to you? Well... You know, there's, I have so many good friends in the Hall of Fame, and uh, and some have got in that I thought I should have been ahead of, but uh, because of my background. But I know I have only won one championship. I wasn't the kind of guy to run after. I just went and raced where I wanted to race, and so. Um, I did stick around and uh, went at least from West in 86 and I won the championship that year. But uh, 
I think I, and then I would come back east and run. You know, I, I run, I, I run uh, um, Daytona. I think it was 1973 or four, and um, I bought petty cars, old petty cars, but they get them to me in pretty good shape. And so, um, I come by the petty shop. And I said, you know, I want to go run the 500, but I don't know what to do. I need some suspension parts. So they fixed it up for me. And I said, well, I need two tire guys. And so they uh, loaned me two tire guys. And uh, I went down there. And uh, and uh, my friend Ray Elder had about 12 farmers with him and uh, working on his car. And so we fitted together. And uh, he didn't have to go out right away, so I had the whole pit crew. But uh, anyway, I ended up fifth. And uh, I, I always remember I ran that race with A.J. Foyt. We ran fourth or fifth the whole the whole race together. And um, he ended up fourth, and I ended up fifth. But, you know, it was hard for me to go back there and not stay there and race with them guys and, and expect to get you know, be up in a in a winner's circle all the time, but I just like to race there. I went to Talladega. I rode, I drove Teddy's car at uh, Talladega, and uh, and at Daytona I had an awful wreck. I think I was at '74 at Daytona with one of their cars. So um, that was the almost seven West Virginia. If I could, if any of you guys have seen it around, we had a deal with with uh, Richard and and Lee and, and uh, uh, to run I think ten or twelve races, but that was the that was a year of the fuel thing, and and our sponsors didn't like it too well that we were out using gas and that kind of thing. And you know how that was back then. Um, and then, and I went back to, back east there a few other times. Uh, and uh, had I stayed there, I might have come up with a lot of championship stuff. But I think that's why it took me so long to get in because um, I only winning one that didn't sound very big. But, but, you know, my name has never been that strong. Um, I was in Japan uh, with all the NASCAR officials, I think, our yard and children's, and uh, we went over there, uh, I think, examining some race trucks and stuff, and uh, I felt quite honored at the, at the press conference in Japan. They asked me to talk about Bill Simons because they knew I knew more about him than almost everybody there. You know, I used to find that flying is a thing with him. He, he, he was a great leader. I learned a lot from him. Uh, when I was back there in 54, he promoted all these dirt races, and then he never, um, a fellow working with a track, and that, that, took care of things, and I, you know, like I said, I wasn't a mechanic, and I thought I dressed up and looked pretty nice most of the time, and, and that was who he wanted to represent at the racetrack, so I did a lot of PR in 54, I was probably one of the, one of the first individuals that, that did that for NASCAR, and you know, not too many drivers can say that and do all the personal things that I did. And I, there wasn't a lot of TV then. Most of it was radio work. 
but I did a lot of good. He, he dropped me off two, three days before race, and I spent the time there with a local guy, and and then half, half on Monday morning, Bill picked me up in his airplane, and away they go again. Uh, and dropped me off with my aunt and my family down at Daytona at the time. So there's a lot of insight that I knew what was going on. And uh, Bill paid cash, you know. He took a chance on all the, he paid $4,000 first every race, no matter if there was nobody in the grandstand, he still had $4,000 to pass out. And you got it before you went home. So, you know, that kept the drivers there and it kept, it kept uh, uh, getting them enough money so they could come back and race the next week somewhere. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much, Herschel. I know that you have a couple other phone calls to make tonight, but uh, we really appreciate you calling in and sharing your thoughts with us, and congratulations again on becoming a NASCAR Hall of Famer. Okay. Thank you very much, John. Bye-bye. Good night, folks. Live on the road to Darlington. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.